Welcome to The Well, where we get together and talk about life and death and everything in between. My name is Jay, and my favorite pillow is the long body pillow. My name is Pastor Carrie, and my favorite saint is St. Lawrence. I'm Pastor Tim, and my favorite time is Central Time. Speaking of laughing, you have a joke oh, for yeah. us. I have a joke. Oh, my gosh. Um, so there was this guy who was quite wealthy, and he wanted to take some wealth to heaven with him. And so he was in the church praying every day, God, please let me take some wealth. Please let me take some Finally, God relents. He said, you can take one satchel full of whatever you want. So, lo and behold, the guy dies, and he ends up at the pearly gates and shows up there, and St. Peter's there, and St. Peter goes, you can't bring baggage in here. There's no baggage in heaven. And the guy says, God said I could bring it. St. Peter goes, no. And the guy said, call him. So St. Peter pulls out his phone and calls God and says, hey, God. <laughs> <laughs> this guy says, uh, this guy, Louis, says that you told me you could bring a bag in. And God said, yeah, he said he could just bring in a little bit. It was getting to be irritating. And so St. Peter goes, okay, fine. So let's guy in. He goes, hey, wait a minute. Can, can I see what you brought? And the guy goes, sure. And so St. Peter opens the case, shining, bright, shining, and he pulls out a solid gold brick. And he goes, you brought pavement. <laughs> and that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We can't follow that up with anything. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. It, Mel could probably save us. He, he probably could. Um, I will say that my favorite... Saint Saint Lawrence is because he's my favorite because um, it is kind of documented actually that when he was martyred he was on a grate like a grill almost and um, he this is said a saint of firefighters yeah yeah and he said as he's being right turn me over I think I'm done, done on, on this, this side. side. Oh. I just feel like if you're going to do that, you're my favorite. I can't, there's no, there's going to be nothing better than that. And like, I appreciate the sass. Yeah. I, if I'm going down, I'm going right? down for Absolutely. real. I like the fact that the guy who was basically set on fire has a seaway named after him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I have him in my office. If you ever come in, you'll see that St. Lawrence is right above my desk, complete with his grate. He's holding his grate. He's holding the grate. He's holding his grate, so... It was an invitation for a field trip. That is awesome. <laughs> All right. On that note, let us introduce you to our fourth member of our team. Here's Mel. Say hi, Mel. Hi, Mel. How's hi, it going Mel. today? It's yeah, going it's pretty, pretty good. Okay, joke. fantastic. <laughs> Mel lives at the bottom of our well, and he has collected over the years lots of topics that people talk about as they pass by and meet at the well, and he keeps them just in case people want to talk about something and they're not sure what to say. So Mel is going to provide us with our topics today, and he will dive down right now, and we'll get started with our first one. Ready, Mel? All right, here we go. All right, looks like he's got something there. Let's bring him back up here. All right, cool. As you see, Mel is wearing his summer outfit. Yeah. It's got Maybe, a, I really like Mel's outfits. got a lovely uh, parrot on today, if you're not watching. It's a blue parrot shirt. Very Magnum P.I., I think. Right, nice. Mel? Oh, yeah, Mel likes All that. about that. All right, cool. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. All right. Thanks, Mel. Watch out for the Dobermans. <laughs> The lads. All right, we got some words on this one. Here we go. Why do you believe? 
why do you believe there, I think it's saying, why do you believe there is a God? When I ask clergy, the response is because the Bible says so. What proof do you have? It seems people who believe were raised from children to believe. What about the rest of us? Do you want that one more time? Sure, let's, let's do that one more time. Why do you believe there is a God? When I ask clergy, the response is because the Bible says so. What proof do you have? It seems people who believe were raised from children to believe. What about the rest of us? Yep, I know there's a lot There's a lot going on in that question. Um, I, I guess I can... I guess I can take the first part first because why not, right? Mm -hmm. Why do I believe in God? And I don't really know what we what we talk about religion. We talk about belief, behavior, and belonging, right? Three different things that form the tripod of 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 religious or faith, spiritual faith, spiritual life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that sometimes believing is really hard, and when believing is really hard, then you do things that help you to belong to a certain way and connect you with tradition. Well, when that gets difficult. Um, you do certain behaviors that help you connect with with what you believe again. Um, believing is not the only requirement for being faithfully religious or having spiritual um, having a spiritual life that you that you sort of actively practice. Uh, so I don't know. I don't. I can't say that I know why I just do and I just always have and even when I wasn't necessarily formally spiritually practicing it was always in the background for me there there just was always that that thing there that being said um I was raised by Christian parents and we went to church uh so it could be that that yeah it's it is a little bit easier if you grow up in that kind of atmosphere Again, that being said, though, I've met lots of people who have grown up without any kind of religious backgrounds who have run into a point in their lives where they feel like there's got to be something more than just getting money and, do you know, getting stuff, um, which is exactly the question that I think the divine answers for us. So I don't think it's a matter of just what we were raised to believe as children, I think that the Holy Spirit does work in each of us differently, inviting us into what that relationship means for us personally as who we are. Mm-hmm. Unlike what some of the apologists like St. Thomas Aquinas and others uh, argue, you cannot prove the existence of God. It's faith. Faith is trusting in something unseen. Um, I was raised in the church, but I heavily rebelled against the church. Matter of fact, I became anti-Christian. Um, I thought it was my, because I knew the Bible, I used the Bible as an anti-faith thing. The Bible can not only be used to bolster one's faith, it can also be used to tear apart one's faith. Very well and easily. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I would go to traveling preachers when I was a student and um, challenge their beliefs. Um I was pretty harsh. Um, I have no explanation why I came back to the church. I was invited by a 70-something man when I was 25, and I couldn't say no to Harry. And somehow the Holy Spirit worked in me something that I did not want. Um, 
I was enjoying spending my money and having stuff <laughs> and <laughs> doing all that stuff. Um, so it, there's no proof to it, but there's something in my heart and mind, and I heavily use my mind, that says there's something there in the world greater than me calling me to do more than just care for myself to be there for the other. And that's where the community comes in um, for me. That um, It goes beyond my desires. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me, um, I think it's, it's more to do with um, purpose and belonging than, um, than simply belief. And I don't say that as a critique of the question, just... I think often, um, I'll directly talk about my context, is in uh, the youth ministry world, um, I I can't tell you the number of conversations I have with youth yeah. that just uh, constantly are like, well, where is God? Or like, I don't, I don't think I'm believing strong enough or feeling strong enough that sure. God is there. Um, and so for me, this question is, personal but also like personal because of my passion of youth ministry where it's like um i think the the large larger christian church has spent a lot of time on christianity and um the existence of god being based in what we that we believe it's true and if we <laughs> i'm gonna be pretty bold for a minute but it, that we say it and say what we believe in the right way then we're good or we we're in right, right. and i and i don't i, I I just, I, that's just not where I am with God. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll put that out there. That's that's not what I believe about God. Um, and so for me, um, you know, where I believe about God being true is um, the extent of, if I live my life truly believing that Jesus was God revealed to the world and living as, um, you know, how we interpret scripture of Jesus calling us to live. Um and it's not true. At at least I sh I strive to give love. You know that purpose was love in the world. And um, if it is true, awesome. I hope that God, someone, you know, someone, something bigger than us, continues to influence the world to do that. Um, and if God isn't that and is, you know, calls off exclusive, and I'm wrong, well, at least I brought love into the world, right? And so, um, I think for me. Um, I, I guess I believe more in the um, that there's something bigger than me calling calling me to go beyond myself. Um, not not and maybe it's not belief; it's more trust. And for me, I don't know. I I'm thinking out loud. But, yeah, it's um, a hard I think it's belief, trust, and faith are almost interchangeable in and, my mind. And I and I um, I just want to note that I, I I like all the comments. I'm not trying to pick one person over the other, but I really, really like what you say with the three-legged stool or the yeah. tripod of religion. That's it really helped me to, when I, to understand, yeah. yeah. That's heavily, it's since, since I've heard you say that, that's, that's um, been really helpful way to think about it and, and talk to others in conversations. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah, I, I, sure. I, I, I think I need to add something that um, they mentioned that those raised in the church I actually think the church as a whole have done more to drive people away from God. I hate to say that. That was my experience. Um, many of my friends' experience 
And I see it today when many in the church are pointing a finger out saying how terrible you are. Um, it's driving people from Christ. Yeah, yeah and I, it, you know, this is just a, it's just a really big question. Um, yeah. But I would say uh, to one of the quick thought um, is, I do see proof of God, and I see that when I see people doing things that I know are impossible for the human spirit, the human mm. spirit to do. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I think, when I see things like people forgiving others in a absolutely yeah. ridiculous, radically loving way, in a way that I could never imagine forgiving someone, that's, that's you know, yeah. that is divine action to me. I uh, and and we see, and it, it's not. It's not reported every day, but it happens every or, day. I mean, or for the hearers, can you? I'm sorry, didn't. Can you do the three-legged stool again? Sure. Um, it's basically the idea is that religion is not just believing in something. Religion is made up of three different legs that hold the stool of religion or the chair, uh, and so one is belief, one is behavior, and one is belonging. So it's all bees. So uh, when your when your belief is like. Man, I just can't believe today. You know, you can you can depend on going and doing something that makes you feel like you belong in community or connected with the past and behavior um, is like spiritual practices, right? I do something that helps me to feel connected to the divine. So it's all mm-hmm. three of those things, not just one. Whereas the Western cultures tend to emphasize belief, but in other cultures, it's not emphasized as much. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What yeah. do you say, Mel? Should we? You have one to try that doesn't have like a 15 a, minute long answer? Need a short <laughs> one this time. All right. He says, trust him. He's got it. Here he goes. All right. Oh. Mel had a dig for that one. <laughs> like bit me. Okay. No, he's good. Here he comes. There we go. And thank you, Mel. Okay. Oh, well, it's shorter. Do you like to be saved, or do you like to do the saving? That is up for so much interpretation. Yep. Do you like to be saved, or would you rather do the saving? (laughs) I can't. Well, it doesn't have to be salvation, right? I mean, it could be all kinds kinds of different things. I do nothing for my own salvation. I'll just say that. No, right. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. I and I can't save people. Um, I can share a word that the Holy Spirit might work through, like Pastor, like Pastor Bob Lee did with me, that broke my heart, uh, uh, shattered my hard heart, and and brought me to an understanding of Mm -hmm. of some faith. So I don't do anything in the act of saving uh, as a pastor or as an individual, and I did nothing in my act of my own salvation. I was kicking and screaming all the way. So, if we're talking baseball, I like a good save, but I was never a pitcher, (laughs) so I never did any saving. Um, (laughs) If we're talking financial, I'm a saver. I used to be a spender, now I'm a saver. Um, So, I don't know. (laughs) I guess I'm being a little flippant, but it, it really gets down to, if I read this, and interpret a lot of it. different ways to read yeah. it. Do I broad. like to be involved in the act of saving or involved in the act of my own salvation? I think they're one and the same, that when I'm preaching or sharing the gospel with someone, it is not only me sharing with them to help their journey, but as I'm sharing my thoughts on the gospel and grace, 
it's helping me in my own journey. Um, I often say when I'm preaching, I'm actually preaching to myself, and y'all are just listening in on it. Um, so that's if we're looking at it that way, and I know I'm a little harsh on this question, but that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's a broad question. Um, I, I'll say for the, you know, if we're looking theologically at, at salvation, um, I want to refer to the, the short period of time that I was in seminary before coming here. Um, Dr. Sue, you're awesome. Um, and she said um, that our preaching, um, our uh, coming to the table, to the elements, um, is to re-remember what God has already done. Um, and so um, that is a complete deflection of the actual question. <laughs> um, but that's, that. for me, I think we don't participate necessarily in the salvation of myself or someone else, but we participate in being able to re-remember or remind one another of what God has yes. already done and be able to share the, the good news of that. Um, yeah, that's my thought on the theological side of it. On as far as saved, um, so this, if I take it another route of like, you know, helping somebody or saving somebody from something, um, um, that becomes pretty personal. <laughs> uh, I will say, you know, we, to the sake of transparency, um, I would rather be the one to do the saving. I really would. Um, if anybody uh, knows the Enneagram, um, I I um, am a two, which is um, the helper, and so um, and I, I don't say that to like type myself or anything like that. But my initial thought process in those situations is um, what 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 can I do for someone else? And I am not. It is not my first thought process of how could someone help me. Um, and I will say, in in answering this and being transparent, um, that is that is a balance that I can continuously work on finding in my life um of you know if the tank is empty the tank is empty right um but but i will say that um for me personally i would say like the just the driving force of who i am would i'd i'd rather be doing the saving personally yeah i I, i'm drawn to the word like in this question Right. Mm. Not do I do the saving? Not is my is it my habit to do the oh. saving? Would I would oh. I is it my nature to do the saving? I I I and, and that's totally. So you're again, actually answering be, the question. <laughs> hey, this could be <laughs> this could be interpreted so many different ways. Um so when I hear do I like to be saved or do the saving, um I think that it's very much human nature to like to do the saving because humans like to be in control. Uh and when we are doing the action, whether that's saving whether that's a doing a good deed or a or a objectively sort of hurtful deed um we are still in charge and we like to be in charge and we like to do the saving so that is why i always say that the gospel right the good news of jesus christ um is oftentimes very difficult for people to hear because it means they are loved freely mm-hmm. it means they are not earning anything they are not um uh, either losing or saving anything uh, they are they are unconditionally loved and that is not good news for most of us because that means we don't have control over God's love um, so it's simultaneously the the good news and also uh, the bad news at the same time in receiving or giving it right 
Correct. You know, when, yeah. <coughs> wow. when, when we read Thank the Good Samaritan, yeah. we often see ourselves as the Samaritan, not the man on the road, not the one who was beaten. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, I always like to say with the Good Samaritan, I, we, we talked about this in, you know, in, uh, in confirmation, mm-hmm. is the point, I think more so the point isn't that Jesus says, go out and be the Good Samaritan. That's not what Jesus is saying, yeah. even though that's, I think, what yeah. we think sometimes yeah. Jesus is saying, right? right? Jesus is saying, look for blessing when all you are expecting is violence, right? right? Look mm. for the blessing in the person who you think of as an enemy. Look, this person was couldn't expect blessing from a Samaritan, and yet the Samaritan gave blessing, right? It's to keep our consciousness open exactly. and our, our awareness open to receiving blessing um, free, free mm-hmm. and from places that are uncomfortable for us, right? Yeah. It's probably not comfortable for that man to receive healing from a Samaritan, no. right? No. And that's what Jesus is saying, right, is, is for us to stay open to receiving uh, good news from people we'd rather control, the, the, All right. the mic drop on that one. <laughs> one more. <laughs> All right, Mel, you think you got one more in us or one more in you for us today? Yep. Okay, here he goes. One more time. With the Magnum PI shirt on. Just love the shirt. I have to get washed when he's done here. Okay, here we go, Mel. Thank you. Oh, yep. you released through that one. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. See you later, Mel. Proverbs 17 17 says, a friend loves at all times. And 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, do everything in love. Is it ever appropriate not to act in love? What defines whether an act is loving? So good. That's a great I question. I love that question. <laughs> uh, I, and you can take, that's a lot. I mean, you can take yeah. even one part of it or... Um. So in true Jay fashion, it, it might take take me a second to get to where I actually want to go. Um, <laughs> but so for those of you listening and, and you know, Pastor Carrie, Pastor Tim and, and, and Doug, um, it, it it's not a secret that I um, tend to publicly talk about kindness a lot. And I had a conversation not that long ago um, with somebody that, um, it was a great conversation. It was just kind of flowing back and forth. And uh, at the end of the conversation, the point kind of was um, we tend to put kindness and niceness in the same box. And um, sometimes being kind does not feel nice. And um, and so where my mind went with this is um, sometimes loving somebody doesn't feel um, nice or that you like them <laughs> um, or that that moment feels um, comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think culturally and, um, you know, maybe as, a, as um, Christians, we've, we've tended to tend to make love feel so fluffy. Um, and um, I, I don't think that that always is that way. We can do everything in love um, in still times where it doesn't, feel nice <laughs> um and and um maybe in cases of um i've had personal experience in my own life where i had to very painfully um set boundaries which was the most loving thing i could do for that person and for me regardless of if it felt that way at the time for either of us um and so 
I will say, um, what defines whether an act is loving or not? Um, if you are harming somebody, um, I, I, I don't think we could come up with a reason of why that would be loving. <laughs> um, but, um, well, <laughs> right. I, I, Pastor Carrie and I, I think could have a whole conversation <laughs> about really this too, but, question. but, um, I, I think if, if you are intentionally choosing to cause harm or pain on somebody, I would not consider that loving personally. Um, if you're choosing to set firm and hard boundaries that may not feel loving in the moment, I think that is different. I think being intentional about personally harming somebody or attacking them is, is, is not loving. But I, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's a big question. I, so I'll, I'll just take that last part mm -hmm. first just because you just left off with it. Um, and, I, and I think it's a really, really important question that we don't talk about enough because there have been terribly violent and hateful things done honestly out of love, yeah. right? Or s what someone thought was love, right? Mm -hmm. um, you could uh, talk about uh, terrorist acts that someone does out of a love for God or mm. their country or their family who's been hurt by someone. Um, so unfortunately, love for humans can be a very subjective term that we can use to justify almost anything if we only try hard enough and it's mm -hmm. not really even that hard right right we can yeah. we can we can do a really good job of justifying any kind of any kind of act no matter how hurtful no matter how objectively hurtful it is to the person um it, it, as loving right well we're just saving them from them from themselves we're saving them from a demon, right? I mean, there's right. just a million different ways that we can that we can do that. So I think that takes a lot more reflecting. And I like to, because I haven't talked about Mr. Rogers yet in this episode, why not bring Mr. Rogers into this conversation? He says something uh, at one point, which is, you only have so much time and energy, and I hope that you choose to spend yours um, in ways that come out of the deepest part of who you are. So I would, I would almost adapt that to understanding what love is, understanding what acting is in love is, is acting in ways that come out of the deepest parts of who you are, right? Which hopefully is coming out of yeah. the deepest parts of the, your belovedness of your creator, your natural, unearned belovedness. It, you know, um, but that takes a lot of self-knowledge. It takes a lot of practice not to think that our way is the right way and we're just saving somebody from themselves when they when we teach them lovingly to do it our way right. yeah. <laughs> out of love and so i do i do sometimes wonder about when jesus says love your neighbor as yourself i i because of what we know about psychology and and sociology and some things like that now I'm afraid that sometimes that doesn't go far enough. What Jesus says doesn't go far enough. We can't mm. just love our neighbor as we would expect to be loved and have that automatically be okay for our neighbor, right? We have right. to be, I, I believe we are actually, we need to be better than that. Mm. We have to love our neighbor in a way which God would love our neighbor and a way which comes out of the deepest part of our own belovedness, our own identity as beloved. Um, <coughs> that's a hard so, question uh, when, when I see the idea of love is to me the being of God that God is love and the image we're created in I think is that love now that love isn't 
my worldview. Um, like if I believe that someone for who they are, who they deeply are, their, their um, identity, and I exclude them because their identity out of love, that's not love. That's me trying to force someone to fit my idea of what's right or wrong, and that's a false morality. Um, uh, in his liberation theology, I think it was Gustavo Guterres that uh, talked about um, not only do you have to free those who are held down and liberate those who are held down, it's not just liberating the poor, but it's liberating the powerful and the wealthy from their enslavement to their power and wealth enabling them to love and for the for those who are in power and wealthy that probably doesn't feel like love but it is i mean i i look at all my stuff and i'm starting to get rid of stuff because i sort of realize i'm i'm enslaved by this stuff i mean sometimes mm-hmm. I'm, i worry about what i can say as a pastor because i might upset a member and i might find myself gone and gee whiz i got a house payment to make you know, that is showing that I'm part of the comfortable mm. that maybe needs to be afflicted a little bit more mm. out of love. Right. It's kind of, that's how I took that. So. Yeah, it, blessed are the poor, right? They don't have to worry about that. <laughs> right? No. They don't have stuff separating them from the presence of the divine in their lives because they don't, ha- they don't have all those trappings. Right. And Jesus talks about that. Yeah. So I... Um, you referenced Mr. Rogers and I. Um, the the three of us at this at, at this table all um have a have a um healthy dose of love for Mr. Rogers, and um, for those that don't know, in the time of recording, we're a few days separated um from the hundred and forty third day of the year, and Mr. Rogers uh made that day um the I love you day That's because right. it's um one letter, four letters, three letters. I love, I you. love you. Um. And so um, I, I, I really don't have anything other than just to say that That's because awesome. it's cool. And um, he, he actually changed my idea of love, um, to be honest. Absolutely. 143, yeah, but. 143. So um, we, I think that's, I think that, um, honestly, this topic could probably be a full podcast someday. <laughs> do we, do we have, um, is it snack time? I think it's, I think, speaking of love, it's time for <laughs> potatoes. There have been. Cheesy potatoes resting over here. The smell <laughs> wafting over into our All right, Jay, what noses. did you make for us mm, today? I'm sorry, I gave it away. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, hint, it says something with cheesy potato. Uh, oh. So um, so I made, I made um, cheesy potatoes, and um, they're from, let's be honest, you, you could find them in any church sure. cookbook Every, probably. They all have the cheesy or, or find... Recipe. Four different recipes that everybody claims is the best. Can we get the hot pad? Hmm? Can we get the hot pad underneath the table? There's two of them under it. Oh no! Well, well, completely underneath it. It's not touching the table. Okay. So there's um, there is uh, Better. yeah. Is so. everybody? <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody needs an insight into the personalities in the room, that was a perfect. <laughs> I'm like, we're fine. Um, uh, but that was a birth order thing. So you know, you can multitask. <laughs> you can be scooping while you're talking. Yeah. Can, can I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I made an assumption. Scoop there now. Talk true. later. <laughs> so All here's right. here's the reality of this recipe. Oh, it looks delicious. Um, 
you could probably find four different cheesy potatoes at church potlucks, and everybody would claim they're the best. Mm, and so true. I'm just going to be full. They're all the best. I'm going to be full disclosure on this one. I I took one that I adapted that um, that my mom actually makes, and I oh, adapted it just a little bit. Um, and it it is in one of her church one of the church cookbooks from like me growing up that my mom submitted. But I um, actually I should back up. Oh, sorry, Grandma. My grandma submitted. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah. That's, and you that's would call true. this just what? Cheesy potatoes? We just call it cheesy Got potatoes. It. So we're critiquing okay, Jay's grandma's mm. cheesy potatoes. Not dangerous at all. <laughs> but I also also adapted it. So you're basically just critiquing me, so you can be pretty harsh. They're all. I already mm-hmm. have a critique. Really? Mm-hmm. What, so what kind of potato? Is this frozen hash browns? So they're frozen hash browns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm. It's a pretty classic. Oh, well, sometimes they say things are Midwestern without knowing if they actually are because I've only lived in the Midwest. But I would say it's a classic Midwestern way to make it because it's like cans of things dumped mm-hmm. with frozen yeah. potatoes. But um, hot dish. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, really good. Yeah, so um, a common way to make it is with like two cans of cream of mushroom or cream of chicken or cream of salary. Mm-hmm. I use one cream of chicken and one, um, actually, the cheddar, the, the uh, uh, cheddar soup. The cheddar cheese soup, yeah. yeah. Um, to, to switch it up a little bit. And then I, again, I, for those that don't know, I love trying different things when I cook. But I um, um, also added, like, a Italian blend cheese to the cheddar just to switch it up a little. So that's the, that's the difference. Sorry, Grandma. This isn't really a critique, but I can't cut the cheesy part with my fork. Oh yeah, Which the top got a little crusty. Delicious. It was. I was at. I was at, I was at five part. already, and then I c- c- bit into that crispy part, and I was like, "Oh yeah, like five and a half." <laughs> hmm. Delicious. Delicious. Everything I would want with a cheesy potato casserole. Yep. <laughs> if I've got like a ham, I've got ham on my plate, or maybe not ham for you, but what like roast beef or something. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can't have ham without potatoes, but perfect. Not a big ham fan, but. Um, I could eat that with chicken. Also, if yep, you could. Um, th- I commonly pair this with like uh, a pulled pork or smoked pork. Oh, Delicious. that would be very good. Yeah. That would be so very good. I, it it goes with that got dug. And, and with that, I, I breakfast, might even, lunch, or dinner. I might even garnish it with some uh, habaneros or jalapenos. If it was Want a little like spice that. to it? It could be a done. Kick. I like that. Jay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come. Tang. I'm gonna come out swinging. Uh, these are the best. Cheesy potatoes I've ever had, <gasps> hands down. Wow, hands down. Let me what? have a little they're, bit more. They're so good. <laughs> I don't know if I'm there. I don't they're... know if I'm there. I, I give them a five, but um... I might just be super hungry. But <laughs> <laughs> I hit them at the right time of day. <laughs> people like it's a big. That's yeah. So um, what's our? What do you think, Jay? What's your star? So this is the one problem about about bringing something that you make is I'd probably go four and a half strictly because. I would have put a little more pepper in it. You've done better, oh, you pepper? think. Okay. Yeah. They have a nice tang to them, though. They do. Thank you. I like the cheese. I think I feel like I can tell the cheese soup, and I think it's a good move. Yeah. Now I say four and a half critically of myself while I'm scooping. Mine. Well. Um. So that being said, I we have a five. God moment. Yeah, I think Pastor Tim has. Oh a God yeah. Do we? Did we? I, oh, who, did we, I said I said five and a half. I if we can five. do that. Doug, it's breaking all the rules. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll double down on that. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, like my God moment time? Oh, uh, I think so, yes. Yeah. I think my God moment was um, really, 
there's a reason why I, I, I have this thing where I dig ponds. And I love digging ponds. And um, last night, early in the morning, like 1 or 2 in the morning, um, I went outside without my dogs because they'll bark if they go with me. And I went outside alone and sat in a chair next to the pond. I just listened to the waterfall and watched the fish. I have lights in it so I can see. And it's just kind of my um, zen place, my hmm. place to get reconnected and sat there and read a book and relaxed. And, uh, yeah, I really just felt God's presence there. Well, thank you for journeying to the well with us. God's peace be with you. The Well is a podcast of St. Luke's ELCA in Middleton, Wisconsin. You can follow for new episodes airing every other Thursday on St. Luke's website or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to drop a question in the well, you can dive over to stlcaorg slash the well to submit your questions there. The well is sponsored by St. Luke's Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to leaving a legacy for future generations. You can learn more at stlcaorg slash foundation. The well is produced and edited by Doug Castle. Thanks for listening, and we'll meet you next time here at the well. All right. Sorry. Because the more we talk about this, the longer I have to wait for those potatoes. Yeah. (laughs) All right. That counted as one, right, Doug? Honestly, you know what's what's hilarious? What if we'd like, by then we're like, these are absolutely terrible. I think that would be. Oh, no. I actually (laughs) would. like, oh, this is disgusting. Like, I actually, like, a little bit kind of almost. Like, I don't want that to happen because I'm looking forward to it. Did the cheese actually have mold on it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so good, you guys.